This comes from Genesis 19 this morning. I'll begin 9, Genesis 9, beginning with verse 18. The sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was peopled. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk, and he lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers, go out, he told the brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment and they laid it on both of their shoulders and they walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they didn't see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what the youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan. Lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers. He also said, blessed by the Lord my God be Shem and let Canaan be his slave. And may God make space for Japheth and let him live in his tents of Shem and let Canaan be his slave. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years and the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. The word of God. You could be seated. Have you read this story before? Have you read this story in church before? This could be a first time for some of us. The time that the three sons accompanied their drunk father. This is in our Bible, friends. This is in our Bible. Genesis 9 says, Cursed be Canaan, lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers. Canaan is Ham's son, so this is Noah's grandson. It's a little bit confusing. Three sons and the grandson, so Ham's line receives the curse. If we turn the page in Scripture, they'll count the nations next in Genesis chapter 10, and they will count 70 nations. And the way the storytellers of our Bibles tell the story, from these 70 nations and from these three families, all of the earth is populated. We would use our words today differently, nations, 70 nations. They mean to say clusters of people who share some things in common, probably language for sure. The nations are dispersed now, they scatter, and the traditions develop around the scattering. There are many versions of this story, but early traditions say that maybe Asia is Shem's family, and maybe Europe is Japheth's family, and maybe Africa is Ham's family. They are scattered, and if we keep reading and digging in Genesis, we find out that they are destined to suffer, suffer rivalry and war. They are destined to deeply hate one another. Animosity. And tradition develops and tradition develops. Black-skinned people descend from Hem, and they carry the stigma of a double curse. They are black-skinned and they are slaves, and it's a little confusing to understand how this tradition developed when the Bible says nothing really about their skin color in this passage. But long, long, long ago, this became known as the Hamitic curse, the curse on Hem's descendants. It's a double curse. They will be black and they will be slaves, and they will be slaves to their brothers and their brothers' children and children and children. If you've not heard this before, it's simply that we've not heard it before, and tradition developed. 
Friends, the La Sierra University Church is a richly diverse community. The last time we counted nations, we had 70 nations represented. Isn't that a coincidence? This was many years ago, 70 nations represented here. The last time we took a roll call, we believe ourselves to be descendants of Noah. We believe ourselves to be descendants of Adam, descendants in God's story. And so we pause right now as a church between these two campuses, one of our campuses that just received accolades last year, number one most diverse university in the nation. This is one of our campuses. We say that it's our diversity that makes, that, that that's the, the magic around here. It's the mystery and the magic. What makes life beautiful in La Sierra is our diversity. Somebody said amen, I heard you. So it's easy to share and celebrate good news like this. We're diverse, yay! It is difficult to share difficult news. Hard news, challenging news, polarizing news, dividing news, news that some people think is inappropriate for church. Can I say? When George Floyd died in 2020, in May of 2020, we gathered outside in the parking lot. We held our version of an outdoor sanctuary. We prayed. We prayed prayers of repentance and confession and maybe 75 to 100 of us masked were outside here in the parking lot. We went through a ritual and we tried ribbons on the trees around our church. Black community members said to us, why didn't you say more? I mentioned George Floyd in the sermon right after that week and racism the week later, and our black friends and community members said, why didn't you say more? And our white-skinned friends said, why don't you say less? Doesn't belong in church. This is private. The pastoral team knew we needed to say more. But when we are siloed behind screens, that's not a conversation during pandemic. We knew we needed to say more, maybe when we gather. Well, now this month is more. Now is more. When we get back in person, well, we're back in person. So I'm gonna tell you, there's an internet, uh, there's a video that broke the internet this week, if you saw it. I show it to you only in edited fashion because not everybody is up to this video. And also, this is a, this is a, a man in Florida catching an alligator, right? We'll roll the video and watch. Hey, watch out, watch out. And watch this guy run now. Yeah, he's moving now. 
Did you watch that this week? It was the most to watch video in our nation this week. I said, he's a transplant from Detroit, I think. He's only lived in Florida a little while. Retired army veteran, I think I read correct, correctly. Right, I, I feel a little bit like there's an alligator on the loose today and y'all are gonna watch me corral it. <laughs> did, did you hear? His friend's shouting, like he tells his friends, tell me when his head is inside, okay? Well, so, nobody's talking back to him. They just left him all alone. I feel a little bit like there's an alligator on the loose in the church today, friends. Since the pastors decided we needed to say a little bit more, I've also announced I'm leaving in, in a month. So I stand before you today as one white-skinned preacher convinced we need to say more. Before I put my microphone down, we need to say more. Here are some goals of this short series, what we don't intend to do. We do not intend to make people feel shame because shame doesn't belong in anyone's story. We don't intend to make people feel bad or sad. That's not the goal of our short series. We're not here to rehash rage and toxicity far away in our nation. We're not here to debate news sources that are piped into our homes or opinion pieces we spread all over social media. We are not here for that. We're here because we live here we're here because we're community together. We're here because we're the body of Christ. And we have a shared life. And friends, as I've said, said often over the years, we are with the man on the cross. So what does the man on the cross speak in this cultural journey in our country? With our Bibles open, would you come back to Genesis chapter nine again? Verse 25, cursed be Canaan, lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers. He also said, blessed be the Lord my God by Shem and let Canaan be his slave. May God make space for Japheth and let him live in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his slave. Two brothers are careful and they are blessed. One brother is careless and he is cursed. And people have gone to work on this short little story. This is crazy. This is so crazy, by the way. Didn't God just wash the world so there wouldn't be evil? And one story later, evil has consumed the humans again. If nothing else, this little episode tells us evil seems to be running free in God's good world. Be aware. You can wash the world one day and the humans will be at it again the next day. Genesis 9.19 says that the whole earth was peopled by these three brothers. The whole earth is peoples that the nations spread and tradition develops, tradition develops. Ham's son becomes the father of the Philistines who are thought to be aggressive and egregious and a little out of control with their cultic practices. The father of the Philistines, the father of Africa. Genesis 10, and if you read the list of the nations, you'll find many of the troubled nations, the stories we've read growing up in the church, those troubled countries, they're all from Ham's people. Canaan, which has to be conquered by Israel. Assyria, Nineveh, Sodom, Gomorrah, Philistine, the Philistines. The Bible makes no mention, by the way, of racial differences in these stories. That's a late-breaking topic. We should note that. 
The storytellers down through the centuries, they can't really make sense of what's happening to Ham in his life, his line of people, what's happening to black-skinned people. Are they preordained to be slaves by God? Blessings and curses are part of the ancient world. People start to think about this story from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Blessings and curses, okay, but, but is it really that bad? You saw your drunken father and this is the punishment? Because we can think of other people in the Old Testament who behaved worse, right? Isn't there a story with David's son Absalom? That was pretty gnarly. He doesn't get cursed like this. People begin to think and wonder and the storytellers keep talking and oral tradition, we call it. The oral tradition develops by the fourth and fifth century, especially Jewish thinkers and storytellers go to work on this. This is their story after all. What is happening here with him? Why did Noah curse him? Where did the black skin come from in this story? Now he's double cursed, really, black skin and servitude. And there's stories about the hair, why it grows curly. Maybe the skin is black because these people live close to the soil and the sun is pounding them on them all the time and tradition develops, church family. Time doesn't allow for us to go into detail. We move into the Middle Ages and the storytellers keep talking. This is all across the traditions. Christian, Muslim, Jewish storytellers grab onto the stories that are circulating in the air. When uh, Christians come to an area and a plague has wiped out the people, they grab onto these stories. Well, we need more workers, so we'll take the black-skinned ones to be the workers. And tradition develops. We move into the Enlightenment and the scientists are now engaged. We can't leave these theologians alone to talk about all this stuff. Come on, come on. We can tell you something about where people came from. And they begin to examine bodies and, and, and bad religion and bad science is a bad combination. Footnote. Good religion, good science, brilliant. The storytellers keep talking. It's complicated, it's confusing, there are a million sources, so beware this afternoon if you start to study these tales. And then Napoleon tramples through the world because Napoleon does. When Napoleon ends up in Egypt and they begin to excavate, they realize, oh my, oh, people have been here a long time. We have ideas of black-skinned people living next to people. Athens, for example, if you walk through the museum in the Vatican, you'll see this Greek drinking cup, which uh, features one of the heroes on one side and a black-skinned person on the other. All right, well, we know these people live, but now we realize they've lived much longer than we, and in places we didn't know, and we begin to dig up the earth, and we begin to find things, and the European travelers come, and they go to Africa, and they go to Egypt, and storytellers tell stories. One of the stories is a worry about the uprising of the sons of Canaan. Maybe one day they're gonna come back to get us, essentially. Maybe one day they'll come back for the people who made such a mockery of their family. Storytellers tell, tell, tell stories. If Canaan, Canaan's sons come, they all are aggressive and egregious and we're not safe and take care. South Africa and the American South, particularly here, particularly in Bible reading, church going, Protestant gatherings. Southern Baptist, yes. There's a reason the Southern Baptists apologized in 1995. Because storytellers tell stories and traditions take on, take on a life of their own. 
Did your parents ever say to you, where did you get that idea? Have you ever said that to your children or family? Where did you get that idea? Where'd you get that idea from? My mother said that all the time with a household of four children. <laughs> They're not gonna be enough food. Where'd you get that idea? Have I ever not fed you? <laughs> this one came from the milkman. That's a thing families like to tease about, right? Children don't do that kind of teasing, by the way. <laughs> children are very concrete. If you tell me I came from the milkman, I'm out looking for the milkman. Where did you get that idea? Well, you told me I was from the milkman. I have told you before that my father is actually named after the milkman who delivered milk in their neighborhood. So it's actually true in my family. <laughs> you are named after the milkman, and I actually think that was in my father's mind and psyche all of his life. How did the milkman get in our story? Where'd you get ideas like this? Even today, scientists tell us today with certainty that we share a common ancestry. Scientists tell us today that we're very certain of migration patterns and central and southern parts of Africa are significant to the whole human race. We can follow migration and genetic patterns and all of us who are doing uh, Ancestry.com and 23andMe and all the other tests, we're helping scientists. And scientists can tell us new things, and still, stories have a life of their own. Somehow, these early stories assumed we were white in Eden, and blackness is the degeneration. Christian, Jewish, Muslim, across all traditions, this is the storytelling. Whiteness is the norm. Blackness is some kind of degeneration. It's not biblical. It's not Christian. It's not Adventist. It's not even human. We can say this today. No one is a distortion of another in God's good creation. And yet storytellers have a life and stories have a life. Where did you get that idea? Well, because people told stories. Stories are birthed, mythologies are developed, prohibitions take place, real consequences happen to real lives and real bodies. Here's a couple more this morning. Judas, he's a great example of storytellers gone crazy. We know Judas is the disciple who betrays Jesus. When Jesus is praying that last night before, before he goes to the cross, Jesus says of Judas and his disciples, John 17, I was with them, I protected them in your name that, you gave, that you'd given me. I guarded them, the disciples, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that scripture could be fulfilled. Something in your gut must know that that doesn't sound like God. And yet the storytellers went to work on this story with Judas. And it's not long before he starts to develop characteristics in literature and in art there's no love lost for Judas in the Christian tradition. People say Judas got exactly what he deserved. He had it coming to him. Judas Melenkoff in the Journal of Jewish Art from Hebrew University says, there's a crescendo of hatred and hostility towards Judas down through the ages as storytellers tell stories. So pretty soon we see Judas pictured and caricatured a certain way. He's got a hook nose or a, sh a sharp profile. He's got a robe. He's maybe hanging onto a little money bag because he's a thief. He's pictured with yellow, a later robe, uh, a yellow robe in some of the later artwork. And eventually this ruddy skin and this red hair, there is no short storytelling for red 
haired, wild people. We love you redheads today. We could say the same about Eve. Eve, Eve, women. It's the Christian tradition that fueled storytelling and stories about women because we say that it is Eve who wandered away from Adam and picked the apple from the tree. It is Eve through Eve's action and Eve's body, evil and sin entered the entire story. Eve polluted God's good story, we say. This only took This only took 100 years in the history of the church. And by the fourth century, all the women were marked. We were all dangerous. We're all Eve. We're all to be suspect. Friends, read the text, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of this fruit and she ate and also gave some to her husband who was where? With her. We just have to open up the text and read it. Many of the times this solves itself. These critiques of Eve, of women, these don't stand up to the story of God either, a God who is love. And this is what I hope we'll remember today. What God blessed, humans cannot curse. What God blessed, humans can't curse. If you wandered in today and you feel you're living under under a curse, that did not come from God. And you can tell the people in your life to stop. What God blesses, people cannot curse. This is the more powerful part of the Noah story. If we go back again to Genesis chapter nine, here's God blessing Noah and his sons. Be fruitful and multiply. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I, I, I'm establishing a covenant not only with Noah, but with Noah's sons and all of the peoples that will be peopled. The living creatures and the birds and the domestic animals and every creature of the earth will live under this blessing. As you came out of the ark, I'm establishing my covenant, my promise, my providence with you, Noah's sons. What God blesses, humans cannot curse. Some of us wear our curses like a shelter that will keep us safe, but they are scabs we need to shed. I'm calling that a residual, a residue, a residue this morning, a residue. There's a residue on our Christian story, and it's all right if we name this. That's what I want to ask you today. What's the residue on your story that you're carrying that doesn't belong? We've been under um, a house renovation project for months. It was really supposed to be one room. This is what the room looks like before. Take it in for a moment because it hasn't looked like this since the end of May. And picture by picture, as the people started pounding and the walls came down, here's uh, things get taped off and other rooms get taped off. The more they tape things off, I realize there's gonna be dust everywhere in my house, right? That's what you're telling me. Oh, now the wall is down. You see the dust on the floor? We have paper lining all the hallways where we can walk. The kitchen wall is down. And we decided we're not even going to sweep or dust or do anything. Why? Every time we clean up, they come in and make more. Look at the floor. And that's with the room protected, right? There's dust, dust, dust everywhere. It turns out you can go up to my closet upstairs. We're not even working in the upper level, but open my closet door, and there's dust hanging on my garments on the hangers in the upper level. 
There's just a residue scattered all over our house for months and months and months. I am asking you this morning, what's the residue that you're carrying? And did it come from Christian storytelling? Friends, nobody else is gonna have this conversation for us about our Christian tradition. This is our work to do. For those of us afraid we shouldn't be talking about this in church, where shall our children go to talk about this? This is part of our problem. We don't understand that our foundation is right here in Genesis 1. The resources for our story are in our story. So this month, we're gonna invite you to take a challenge right along with the pastoral team. The book that's being given out at the doors is written, Small Reflections, by a group of Adventist authors and edited by Nicole Parker. The LEAD Challenge, the LEAD Anti-Racism Challenge. LEAD is an acronym for listen and have empathy and have action and then dream and this small little, small little reflection we would read every day and at the end of each reflection there's a challenge. It turns out that the challenges are beautiful. Watch this YouTube. Now note when you got uncomfortable with the person's storytelling and write it down. What made you uncomfortable? Or read this small thing and notice what do you disagree with and why do you disagree and are we willing to make intentional steps of growth? The last sermon series on progress, a progressive Christianity, a progressive Adventism, we intentionally said if we're going to grow, we'll have to be intentional about this. So take a book today. If we run out today, we will order more. Once a year, we do a book, book giveaway. So please take one, one per family. Start this week. It turns out in the Bible, Genesis 1, this is really what God said of people. God said, let us make humans in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. More significant than any curse of a father or a mother or a friendship circle, more significant than any curse of a bully in the schoolyard or people who pass you on the street, more significant than any harmful words that have been spoken into your life is this, we, you, I are made in the image of God. Every one of us. So we've told you this old tale before, rabbi, a rabbi from the third century, Joshua ben Levi. He was known to teach that when humans passed through the world, an angel led the processional. And the angel would shout out before every human being these words, make way for the image of God. Make way for the image of God. Make way for the image of God. What the Bible tells us is possible. We haven't been even scratching the surface. It's not behind us, it's in front of us. From Genesis to Revelation, this is what the story teaches us. So if our little Adventist prophetic remnant movement would like to have a hope and life in the 21st century, I suggest we be honest about the past so we can be extremely hopeful about the future. Make way for the image of God. It is all around us. Amen.